Welcome to the Sports and Stuff Podcast. Presented by Team Media. Here's your host, DTJ. Welcome to an all-new edition of the Sports and Stuff podcast presented by Team Media. For more information about the team, visit our website, www.theteam.media, or on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at the Team LLC. The show is also available on your favorite podcast streaming service, including iTunes, Stitcher, Google, Spotify, Amazon, on and on and on. Wherever you get your favorite podcast streaming content, please check us out. Thompson Entertainment and Media. Each week, we dive headfirst into the world of sports and pick a few topics that we feel will garner the most conversation. We're always interested in your take and invite you to hit us up on the website, and social media and let us know what you think. For this edition, I want to talk GOATs, NBA Finals, baseball, I guess, and then NFL Week 5. But first, here's the best thing I've heard in sports this week. And the Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas joined the Max Kellerman Show on ESPN Radio and delivered this hot take on the greatest of all time debate. Listen up, y'all. I'm fortunate enough to have lived in an era where I've gotten to see the, the greatest basketball players ever uh, play the game and have competed against some of them. Uh, so this is, um, you know, I'm, I'm just happy to be in this era where we've had a chance to, to view when, when LeBron James is all said and done. I don't even think there'll be a doubt in terms of who the greatest player to ever play our sport was. He will be it. Your last Stephen A. Do you agree with Isaiah who played against Michael Jordan when it's all said and done? LeBron James will be the GOAT. Hell no. I do not dis I do not agree with Isaiah Thomas. And 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 before I go a little bit further, I'd like to remind everybody how close Isaiah Thomas and I are, we've known each other for nearly 30 years. Um, Isaiah, believe it or not, I don't know if I ever told y'all this, I was a high school reporter for the New York Daily News. He gave me my very first NBA interview ever. You know, he was walking away, wasn't talking to the media at that particular moment in time, and saw this young brother that was trying to be, that was on the come up in the industry, trying to make something happen for myself, for my career. He's the first NBA player to give me an interview. Uh, and we've been cool ever since, and I love the guy personally, and we don't disagree on much. This is one argument that Isaiah Thomas and I have been disagreeing about for the better part of a decade. It's not new. Isaiah saying what he said to Max Kellerman yesterday, I appreciate the fact that he revealed that, but he and I have been arguing about that for 12 years because even 12 years ago he was saying this kind of stuff. Errors matter. And what I find most egregious, most blasphemous about Isaiah Thomas's statement is that he ignores the error he was playing in as far as I'm concerned. It was very physical. It was very volatile. It, it, it was an error made for the Kendrick Perkins of the world for crying out loud. I'm talking about banging bodies, Jordan rules, people getting assaulted and only getting caught for a foul. You know, having a foul called against the person that assaulted them as opposed to the day where you could get ejected for having bad breath. I'm and, and LeBron James at 6'9", 
260 pounds, is playing in the softest era we have ever seen in NBA basketball. The fact that Isaiah Thomas ignores that is beyond me. Floor is y'all's. Okay, give me a few minutes for this one, family. That's the sound of Isaiah Thomas speaking with Max Kellerman on LeBron's GOAT status. And then Stephen A. rebuking such comments on ESPN's first take. Here's my thought. As LeBron closes in on his fourth NBA championship, which would be number 17 for the Lakers organization, there's naturally a lot of conversation about Bron's GOAT status and a rekindling of the comparison between him and MJ. This time is evident by our clip, further sparked by Zeke's comments. So whenever the GOAT conversation breaks out, I go through a bit of a mental exercise where I try to imagine how a player might have fared in a different era. And the truth is, it's almost impossible as an experiment because your ultimate decision or perception is based on assumption. For instance, I try to imagine LeBron or Kobe or Iverson playing against those 80s Celtics, Lakers, or Pistons teams and coming off a screen and running into a Robert Parrish or Bill Lambeer or Rick Mahorn or even in the 90s against those Knicks or Pacers teams that would brutalize you in the paint. Maybe the size, strength, and quickness would have helped them still stand out in that era. Maybe the coaching or politics would have killed them. Who knows? And because we really don't know, the more effective comparison to make is by error, because I have visual data to prove out what happened. Even the analytic comparisons between players across the era are a bit skewed. Now, that doesn't mean that if you break all-time records, you shouldn't be considered a great. It is the job of every subsequent generation to push the bar higher. But it's also fair to critique the environment in which said records are broken. I tend to agree with Stephen A's take that LeBron is doing this in the soft era. And I know there have already been players like Metal World Peace who have taken exception to that because it assumes it's being said that everyone who played in that era was soft. And that's not true. It's possible to be a tough player in a soft era and have the opposite be true as well. Also, the softening of the era was not to be so much of a reflection on the players, but also the legislation of the league rules, which were enacted to keep players from getting assaulted on the floor. Let me also add that it's not LeBron's fault that he looks like a man amongst boys in this era. He takes care of his body and conditioning. He does what he needs to do to bring his teams into contention consistently. You may not like him or agree with his goat standing, but you also can't fault him for the work he does. Finally, I want to address Isaiah Thomas, and it's not to destroy his take or opinion. He is indeed entitled to it. But I often wonder how bothered he is not to be a focus of the GOAT conversations. Let's be completely honest. Those 80s and 90s Pistons teams gave Jordan's Bulls fits while at the same time molding them into the great players and team we know them to be. It's not just because the Pistons were physical, but they had scorers. That backcourt of Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars is one of the best I remember in my lifetime. And people don't talk about them enough. 
Yes, the Pistons exercised poor judgment at the end of the 91 Eastern Conference Finals by not shaking the Bulls' hands. And if given a second chance, they still might not do it. But they are not the only team to be guilty of poor sportsmanship. It's also true that the timing of the decision sucked for Isaiah and seems to have hurt his legacy for decades. Maybe people get annoyed with Isaiah with just not admitting MJ's greatness equally as some get annoyed proclaiming LeBron is so great. In both cases, let's come to a common understanding. It's all subjective. Your opinion on the GOAT only really matters to you. And even if a whole generation comes to regard LeBron in the same way many regard MJ, in time, there may be someone who comes along and changes the conversation again. Don't believe me? Just think about Dr. J. Okay, everyone, a quick break and then more MBA. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo. GOAT, G O A T, acronym, stands for greatest of all time, as in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit adoptuskids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. I still don't think we rebounded the ball the way we were supposed to to close out the game. Um, this one, it was a little bit of luck that uh, Danny Green missed that shot at the top of the key. What you guys did here tonight, staving off elimination, you knew before the game. You looked at me. You gave me that little, we got this. How were you guys able to do it? We just played hard. Um, got to what we wanted to get to on offense, shared the ball like we always do, and um, just kept with it. This is a game of runs. I think we withstood theirs. Uh, obviously, it was back and forth. Um, big play after big play. Um, you know, a couple you know, questionable calls that, 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 that swayed their way, put Jimmy to the free throw line. Obviously, we can't do that. He's, he's been, uh, you know, damn near perfect at the free throw line in the series. Um, you know, we just need to get one stop. We feel like if we can get one stop, um, you know, we can do something on the offensive end. But um, we got a hell of a look. We got a hell of a look to win the game, uh, to win the series. Um, didn't go down. Um, and then we got the offensive rebound. We turned the ball over. I thought, um, you know, we had a lot more time than I think we um, even thought um, after the offensive rebound. And, and you know, uh, pass wasn't executed as, as, as we would like. But, um we got to be better. We just got to be better in, in, in Game Six, and um, and, um, and and close the series. What a game! Game Five NBA Finals. Uh, what was supposed to be for the Lakers at least a closeout game. Jimmy Butler 
is proving he was worth all the money Miami paid him in the offseason. And I've never been a person who looked at Jimmy as less than a superstar ever since his ascension from Chicago. I honestly didn't follow him in college, so I'm not going to be one of them people that say I knew from the beginning. But, you know, watching him make his ascension from Chicago through Minnesota through to the Philadelphia 76ers and now here to Miami. I always knew Jimmy was a star. I knew in the right situation he could be a primetime player in this league. But I don't know if I'm completely honest that I saw this level of greatness from Jimmy Butler single-handedly, which really isn't fair to say, but seemingly the catalyst, how about that, for this Heat team having any relevancy in this year's NBA Finals. He has been just clutch, clutch buckets, Jimmy Buckets. He he has earned the moniker. And that was just a phenomenal game five. I implore you, if you haven't seen it, if you've only watched the Sports Center highlights, it's not doing you any justice. You really need to sit down in a quiet place and watch game five from start to finish. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal game. And I'll be honest, I had to actually do it because the Yankee game was kind of running simultaneous to the beginning. What a phenomenal game. And even for the Lakers fans, LeBron is a beast. Now, we may have disagreements about his greatest of all time status. I know some people feel really strongly one way or the other. Some people feel really strongly about the era in which he's playing. That's a conversation for another segment. In terms of this NBA Finals, LeBron is just a beast. In Game 5, he played as if his intention was to close this series out. 40 points. I think he had something like 12 rebounds and 7 assists. He did everything you want your leader on a championship team to do. In year 17 of his career. Say what you want about LeBron. Say what you want about the competition. He shows up in moments like this. And any less of a performance from Jimmy Butler or Tyler Hero or anyone else on that Miami team, and we're talking about the 17th championship for the Lakers tonight. But instead, we're looking forward to Game 6 Sunday night from the bubble. And if Game 6 is anything like Game 5, we are in for a wild ride on Sunday night. But... Just an absolutely fantastic performance, really by both teams. I know the Lakers would say they could do a little bit better and they would have won. But really, it really is right now it's coming down to heart. It's coming down to heart, effort, hustle plays. Yes, you got to make shots, you know, but these two teams have their hearts on the line right now. And I'm, I'm enjoying it for as much as I probably haven't enjoyed this year's playoffs, and which is I'm, I'm normally that person that watches every single playoff game. And that has just not been the case. And I don't know if it's the whole NBA bubble. I don't know if it's just other things going on in the world. I just haven't been that tuned in and engaged. But game five. Wow. That got my interest up. And I'm definitely now looking forward to game six. Just an absolutely outstanding game. And what of Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero? Duncan Robinson shooting as if he played with the Golden State Warriors, adding 26 points. Tyler Hero putting in 12. Kendrick Nunn, 
who I think was a virtual unknown before this season, adding a clutch 14. Bam out of bio had 13 points, but he has to play better. And I think he recognizes that he absolutely has to play better. Andre Iguodala didn't score, but just a key defensive presence for that unit. They need his defense. They need his leadership. And, you know, he just has the formula. He knows how to play LeBron James-based teams, and it's really helping. I don't know if this means that they'll make it to Game 7. And quite frankly, I think they're so focused on Game 6. Game 7 is like a lifetime away. But, yeah, I'm excited to see what they could pull together Sunday night. Um, As for the Lakers... The only real big story for me is going to be the health of Anthony Davis. And I don't have a reason to believe that his hurt ankle won't be healed or in enough of a condition for him to play Sunday night. It would have to have a sprain, a tear or something. We'll pay really, really close attention to the medical reports there. I mean, he's definitely probably going to have to ice it up if he's not already iced up. I mean, if the Lakers play the way they played tonight on Sunday and the heat bring anything less then the Lakers will be claiming their 17th championship on Sunday. It's going to take a Herculean effort from the Heat, and they know it. They know they have the wrath of hell coming their way from the Lakers on Sunday night. So I'm looking forward to it, man. I mean, I'm not a Laker or Heat fan. I have no skin in the game. I have no dog in the fight, so to speak. But I'm looking forward to Sunday night um, and the culmination, really, of this NBA season and NBA finals. And hopefully you are as well. Let us know what you think. Who do you think is going to win the finals? Who do you, well, well, how about this question? If you think, if you think the heat will pull it off, how do you think they'll pull it off? Let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the team LLC. Hit us up on the website, www.theteam.media. Who do you think will be the catalyst? If the heat can come back and at least push it to game seven or even win this NBA finals. So quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back. Keep it tuned here. Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Okay, kids, dance going to teach you how to dance. First, spread your feet apart. Then, pump your knee, nod your head, shake your hips, and bite your lip ever so slightly. Now, with one hand in the air, point at people with the other hand. I call that the rock star. Dance like a dad. It's a great way to make a moment with your kids. Now, make a face like it just smells something bad. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Here, we talk sports and stuff. Join the conversation. www.theteam.media Or Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Team LLC.
They went for the juggler with the pinch hit, hoping you get the home run. Ford. So in Ford. So I understand that part, but I don't. Hickey's been swinging the bat. Yeah, yeah. You, I'll you tell can you second what. guess a lot of things in this game, well, and in it's easy to do. Yes, but Ford hasn't had the the reps. He's had one AB in the hasn't post. had a hit since August. But, but I'm, glad, I'm glad Greg brings up. that up because the catchers, guys, we need to realize that you just spoke about sequencing, right? The sequence of pitches. Who's the one putting down the fingers? It, it is the catcher, not the pitcher. Of course, the pitcher can shake, but Ernest Chapman just comes set and goes. Whatever they put down, he accepts. And so, I don't know, are you thinking about, if you're talking about sequencing, maybe yeah. Sanchez is the guy well, that, that, that called that pitch. Plus, you get a feel. Look, the catcher has a feel for how the flow of the game is going. And he's been catching now for three games. So he's got a real good feel for what Tampa hitters are doing, what they're thinking. I look at their feet, their certain position. Now I throw a cold catcher in yeah. and a cold hitter in the game. But that's where we're at in, in baseball in 2020. Not just a cold catcher, but a guy that for the first time since he's become a Yankee has been put on the shelf. Yeah. Higgy's the guy now, and it's on the biggest stage in the postseason, so confidence a bit down. Uh, but you have to focus on what the Tampa Bay Rays were able to do. And Mike Brousseau, to hit this home run, he is symbolic of the, of the Tampa Bay Rays organization. Welcome back to the Sports and Stuff podcast presented by Team Media. So I guess this is supposed to be the part of the show where I'm an adult. And I'm not going to say it's hard right now. I'm, I'm a little upset. You guys know I am a tried and true New York Yankees fan. But I'm going to exercise some grace and some maturity and first congratulate the Tampa Bay Rays on what has been a phenomenal season and thus far for them a phenomenal playoff. And even in my preseason outlook and then a couple of weeks ago as we started to talk about the playoff race, I've been telling you guys, I've been very open and forthright to say that the Rays have been ascending. They've been ascending over the last three seasons. Again, if it wasn't for some historic Yankee Red Sox teams, you would have been talking about them a little bit more. But it's not all that surprising. If I put my Yankee bias aside, um, I can acknowledge that the Rays are a phenomenal young team, a lot of good hitting, clutch pitching, as you saw in the Yankee series. And they deserve... They, they, they quite frankly deserve this. And as a Yankee fan, I always want the Yankees to win. And if you have a favorite team, you always want your favorite team to win. There's nothing wrong or weird or crazy about that. So I can just acknowledge that the Yankees lost to a good team. I'm not going to say they lost to a better team because I really in my heart believe Yankees have the pieces. Health is continuously an issue. You know, pitching for a long time has been an issue. We have an ace and Garrett Cole. He did what we could ask him to do on short rest, going five and a half innings, giving up one hit, one run. I mean, that's what you want from your ace with your season on the line. The bats that they just couldn't, they just couldn't get runs. And it's something that has plagued them all season. It was a big, component of you know that little drought they went on in the middle of the season and it caught back up with them and it is what it is so 
I'm not going to take this whole segment talking about what I think the 2021 iteration of the Yankees need to focus on and do. It's way too early for that. I'm upset at them. And especially, you know, I'm a big historian person. Like I, so I like to look at storylines and where things rank in history. I love traditional matchups. I was really looking forward to a Yankees Dodgers world series. Much like in the NBA, I was looking forward to a Celtics-Lakers um, NBA final, which didn't happen. So you don't always get what you want, right? It, it would have been nice, but it's not to be. So, But I'm not going to spend this time talking about what the Yankees need to fix and focus on. It's way too early. I haven't even really fully digest this season. It's not even over yet. So there's still time for that. I do want to put one more message out there, though, for the Tampa Bay Rays, and it's simply this. And I mean this with every fiber of my being. I mean this with every bit of sincerity in my heart. Beat the Astros. I mean, crush them. Destroy them. Sweep them if you can. But if it has to go the full breadth of the series, win that last game. Beat the Astros. And exact revenge, not even so much just for the Yankees, but for the whole AL. Because to me, the Astros have no business even being allowed to play this season. And I know you, you may feel differently. You may not feel as strongly about the cheating allegations. There's nothing to say that the Astros would have lost if they didn't cheat, although I strongly believe they would have. But all that's what under the bridge and we can't. We, we litigate it. It is what it is. It happened. Major League Baseball did what it did. Certain people were put out of the league. So be it. Now, this is where ultimate decisions are made. And it's when you play the games. I had hoped in my heart it would be the Yankees exacting revenge. But since it can't be Tampa Bay, I'm asking you, I implore you, beat Houston and beat them bad. So, in the, in the NL, it's going to be the Dodgers. I mean, my predictions aren't always 100%, but I just can't see another team beating them. I see a team getting a couple of wins in the series. I mean, but the Dodgers have been crushing it. They are who I thought they were. It's, it was true in the regular season, as abbreviated as it was. It's holding up true in the playoffs. They are killing it. So I think they'll be on the other side. but. I really hope, I really, really hope it doesn't come down to Houston and, and LA. If it does, I don't see the Astros beating the Dodgers. I mean, I'm sure the Dodgers would love to exact revenge on Houston, but I want the, I want Tampa Bay to do the job. I don't even want to give Houston the privilege of making it to the World Series. So like most things, we'll see how it goes. I would say congratulations on a great series, Yankees, but you just don't even deserve it from me. Um, get healthy, get better, and we'll get ready for 2021. We'll take a quick break and jump right back into it. Keep it tuned here. Social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. 
If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting a Teenager Learning the Lingo. GOAT, G O A T, acronym, stands for Greatest of All Time, as in Spaghetti Sandwiches for Dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit adoptuskids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Sports and Stuff Podcast is presented by Team Media. Check us out on the web, theteam.media. Or on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Team LLC. NFL Week 5 action officially kicking off on Thursday night with the Bears upset of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 20-19. Tom Brady throwing for 253 yards and one touchdown versus Nick Foles for the Bears throwing for 243, one touchdown and one interception. Of course, there has been a lot of conversation on social media about Tom Brady not realizing he was throwing on fourth down. If that's really true or not, I don't know. There's an element of gamesmanship when it comes to Tom Brady that I'm always curious of. But yeah, it kind of ended flat, the game I'm saying. Ended kind of flat. It's not what you would have anticipated, especially being set up to be another Tom Brady comeback, you know, getting the ball with less than two minutes, marching down the field, needing a score to win the game. Not how you would imagine a game with Tom Brady ending, but it is what it is. And they lost. And there's a lot of conversation. I saw some tweets. I don't know if they're true about um, Tom after the game yelling at his teammates for not telling him it's fourth down and them yelling back. And again, you got to be careful with a lot of the, the content that comes out and who says what. But rather it's true or not, it's just it gives you that feeling like you're not in New England anymore, sir. (laughs) Like you are on a new team. You are in a new conference. And it's just it's different for everyone. It's just a crazy year. How many times have you seen Tom Brady in a situation where he didn't seem to have a good command of where he was, of the environment? And maybe a lot of that had to do with the partnership with Bill Belichick. Again, this is not the conversation for that. It's just, it was awkward. It was weird. It was uncomfortable. But again, I'm also always mindful that there's an element of gamesmanship when it involves Tom Brady. We're looking forward to this week. Um, If the slate of games is able to get off as scheduled, the coronavirus is starting to really have an impact on the league. You know, last week there were a couple of games that needed to be postponed or canceled due to some players coming up positive. I know the Titans had to um, cancel their game. This week we have a couple of games that were postponed. Um, so please be mindful, especially those of you who are playing fantasy. For example, the Bills-Titans game has been moved to Tuesday. 
All right. Tuesday. And then Monday night will still be the Chargers and the Saints. And there will also be the Broncos and the Patriots. So there's a double header on Monday and then one more game on Tuesday. Um, but all in all, looking forward to this slate of games. I was disgusted, absolutely disgusted by the Falcons uh, Packers game. And not that I anticipated the Falcons to even be competitive. Um, I expected the Packers to win, but I was more upset that in my fantasy league, I had Calvin Ridley starting at number one and he got me a goose egg. He got me. I mean, he might've gotten a couple of points. He, He got me a goose egg. Like I needed him just to have an average game and he let me down and I lost my game and it's totally your fault. So do better this week. On the flip side, I was really amazed at how many points I got from OBJ, who I put in in my um, my wide receiver three or I guess my utility player three. Um, it was it was going to come down to him or Michael Thomas. And I just wasn't really confident that Michael Thomas was actually going to play. So I put in OBJ in the last minute and I think he got me somewhere like 38 points and he really he saved my behind to a degree. I would have won the game, my fantasy game, if it had not been for the goose egg. But I hope this is a sign of good things to come for Odell. The Browns, if they are going to continue to be competitive and meet or even exceed my projection for them being a nine and seven team, they're going to need consistent play from him. They're going to need more play from Jarvis Landry. And, you know, in the absence of Nick Chubb, who will probably be out for a majority of this season now, something to where something to the likes of like six to eight weeks, they're going to need even more production from Kareem Hunt and from the Ernest Johnson. The Ernest Johnson is no slouch. Like if he's going to get carries, he's going to get production for the Browns. You know, my concern is their schedule. Like having to go again against the Ravens and still play twice against the Steelers, who are also clicking this season. Like that's going to be just a tough, tough AFC North to come out of. I mean, the Bengals, not so much, but the Bengals are just one of those teams that they'll win a couple of games. Like I can see them possibly beating the Steelers or the Ravens or even the Browns if they're not careful at least once. But the AFC North is going to be tough. It it has historically been tough with the team coming out of that North really posing a problem for whoever is to come out of the AFC in general. So really, really good matchup. I would just hate to see the Browns like win 10 games and for whatever reason, it not be enough to make the playoffs, which I don't think will, will happen. Again, I at least am projecting them to get to nine wins and they are six wins away <laughs> and we're only in week four, which I rarely have been ever able to say. I don't think I've ever been able to say that. So I'm feeling really good um, across the league. Some other games that I'm really going to be paying attention to the Jaguars Texans game especially with uh, the Texans coach Bill O'Brien being let go earlier this week. They'll be curious to see how that Texans team respond. They're 0-4. They need to win the Jaguars, which people had as a playoff team after week one have lost three straight. So seeing how they bounce back will be important. I'm probably going to pay attention to that Bengals Ravens game just because it's an AFC North game. And I'm, I'm just mindful of that race that everyone is important Panthers Falcons. I don't think McCaffrey will be back this week for the Panthers. So 
they still have a chance to win that game. The Falcons have way too many weapons to be 0-4. The Falcons should really be 2-2. You can probably also make the argument that the Falcons should be 3-1, if not for two blown leads in maybe, you know, a week one game that they could have won. I don't know, but they shouldn't be 0-4. And if they lose this game against the Panthers, I think there's going to be some conversation about a coaching change and I'm not reading anything or I don't have any evidence to really prove that to be true, but I just can't see how you can have all that talent and be okay being 0 and five. So they're going to, that that's a must win for them. Chief Raiders is going to be a good game just because I think the Raiders are better than two and two. It's just, they are a victim of their scheduling the Chiefs at 4-0, they are who we think they are. They're the best team in the league thus far. But I'm not going to crown them as Super Bowl champions just yet. There's a little bit more I want to see, especially given the craziness of this season. So all in all, a good slate of games. Again, for those of you playing fantasy, just make sure that you're you're consistently checking up until game time what the status of your games are and who's playing when. If there are more positive coronavirus tests through the weekend, um, you can anticipate there's going to be more games canceled. One more game I want to talk about, and I'm sorry, I I meant to mention this, is Cowboys-Giants. And while I wholeheartedly expect the, the Cowboys to win that game, I would not be surprised if there is news coming out of Dallas after this game, especially if the Cowboys lose of a shakeup. Rather that be a coaching shakeup, rather that be a trade. The NFC East, as weak and as putrid as it has been in this 2020 season, is still set up for the Cowboys to win this division. They're the best team. They're the best team uh, when you measure them against Washington, when you measure them against the Giants, when you measure them against the Eagles. They are the better of the four teams. If for whatever reason, they can't pull it together and if they can't pull it together and win the NFC East, there, there has to be changes. And Jerry, if he's paying attention to just the race and where the gaps are within the Cowboys, I can see him totally making a move after this week. And, and that might be true, whether they win or not, because even if they win, they would go to two and three. And, you know, even if the Eagles win, I think that would still be enough to keep them at first or maybe even tied for second. I don't really know how the math goes there, but there's no reason for the Cowboys not to win the NFC East this year. But I, I just don't see, I don't see how it could be acceptable if, <laughs> if they don't like the, the NFC East sucks this year. And there are years, the NFC East is really good and it's four beast teams. And then there are years like this where it's like a uh, flip a coin. It could be anyone. Um, but the Cowboys just have way too much talent. There's a lot of people expecting them to come out of the NFC, let alone the NFC East. Anyway, we'll see what happens there. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know how you're feeling about the NFL season. Hit us up on our website, on our social media, um, at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Team LLC or the website www.theteam.media. That is indeed going to do it. And I tell you, this half hour flies by so fast, but... I truly thank you for tuning in to this edition. Make sure you're spreading the word about us to everyone, the team, sports and stuff. And we're available wherever you get your favorite podcasting content. We'll be back next week with an all new edition. And remember, until then, 
You can do it. 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 Oh yes, we can. And yes, we will.